Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is Dolphins Rewind on the home of every Miami Dolphins game. AM 560, FM 99.9, HD2, The Joe, WQAM, and streaming on the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Lexus, who invite you to see, hear, feel, and experience amazing. First and 10 Patriots from the Dolphins, 11. Miami 17, Patriots 16 with 3.35 left to play. Like I said, um, every game I feel I got to make something happen for the team, you know, get a, get a ball to the offense. Play action fake. No, they give it to David Harris, and he is hit. Balls the ball out. pops Balls out. out. Who's got it? Landry Roberts hit him. Dolphins say they do, but let's see who. Well, somebody's the bottom pile with a blue jersey on, gentlemen. Who's got it? Doing offseason training camp, you know, we focus on getting the ball. And that's the only thing that really matters. Dolphins, yeah, Dolphins, Dolphins got, it. got it. Boy, Ben, but don't break. Wow. Punching ball, intercepts, everything. Force fumbles, everything that we're going for. So that's what we do on defense, try to get the ball. Oh, this is ripped out. It was ripped Xavier out. Howard. Absolutely a fumble. Oh, Not man. even a question. It was a fumble by the offense, recovered by the defense. First down, Miami. Xavier Howard ripped that out, guys. Wow. Yeah. Look, he's a great player. You know, we needed a play there, and he was able to knock it off of him, recovered it. Obviously a huge play in the game, allowed us to get the ball back. My mindset was, man, get the ball out. You know, we needed it and it was crucial. So I made it happen. X-Go, give it to you. Wait for you to get it on your own. X-Go, deliver to you. Knock, knock, open up the door to spread. With the non-stop pop out from stainless steel. X made it happen. And the Dolphins are now 1-0 going into week two. What's up, everybody? This is the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show here on 560 WQAM. Bro, did X make it happen? On Sunday, Patriots driving down the field. You've seen that story, right? How many times before have you seen that story? In New England, Miami gives up the ball late in the game, bad turnover by the quarterback, and the Patriots drive down the field. They chew the clock down. They wind it all the way down, and they kick a field goal. They play smart, conservative football. They kick a field goal, and the Dolphins come back to Miami 0-1, we've seen that so many times before, but Xavier Howard, who for a while, a lot of us talked about his contract over the offseason, they talked about his worth, is it worth giving him the money that he's asking for, how many people use the argument, the Dolphins already paid him, and at one point, um, I won't lie, that was also my mentality, right, the Dolphins already paid him, the Dolphins already gave Xavier Howard his money, why would they in this unprecedented set of circumstances, pay him again just a couple years later. 
And look, I have to eat it. A lot of us have to eat it. Some of you don't. Some of you are on the right side of this. Xavier Howard earned whatever it is he wanted from the Dolphins that was a little extra in the offseason. There's no doubt about it. How many times did we question how many, or not question, but how many times did we make the observation that Xavier Howard last season, just last season, was responsible for two, maybe three, solely his responsibility, two, maybe three of the Miami Dolphins wins. And you can circle this one right now, ladies and gentlemen. Xavier Howard, once again, responsible for a Miami Dolphins victory. Because again, the Patriots, that never happens in Foxborough. They never turn the ball over. And it was X who stripped the ball. And as you heard it, he got it done. So Dolphins 1-0 today with the Buffalo Bills coming in to Hard Rock Stadium. And look, this is a big game, right? There's no way you can downplay this. If you're a Dolphins fan right now, you're up early. You're driving out to Hard Rock Stadium. There's no way to downplay this game. Bills 0-1, one loss in the conference already. Dolphins 1-0, a division win, which is uh, very important, right? And now you have another division opponent coming in. The one every single person, everybody chose to not only win the AFC East, but to go pretty far in the playoffs, right? This is a Buffalo Bills team behind Josh Allen's arm that I would say 90 to 95% of the experts, the national media, the people who know about football are choosing to, at the very least, get to the AFC Championship game, right? Get a, a Make a deep playoff run. And let's be honest, Tua Tonga-Vailoa defeating Josh Allen at home. Now the Dolphins have... Two straight division wins. They're 2-0. They're atop the division lead uh, because no matter what happens with the Jets and the Patriots, they're both uh, suffering from a loss in the division already. So, um, man, you can't overstate how big of a game this is, not just for Brian Flores and not just for Tua, but truly everybody involved here in Miami, but mostly Tua, right? Let's not let's not get it twisted here. It's mostly Tua Tungavailoa. I would like to talk about Tua and the Mac Jones matchup. And a lot of people Monday, Tuesday, they're looking at, um, you know, what Mac Jones did, his his uh, total yardage pass for in that first game. But man, I, I I struggle with giving Mac Jones the edge in that game as far as the the QB competition goes. I know there's a lot of people here in Miami who are down on Tua Tungavailoa, um, and I know there was a lot of takes that. Mac Jones looks better. Look, there's no doubt Mac Jones at certain points looked composed, right? He looked like a, a, a guy who's been there before and done this already. And he looks like a guy that's going to give us fits down here in Miami for quite some time. There's no doubt about it. But was Mac Jones better than Tua Tungavailoa? I don't think so. I know that was a take a lot of people had. But again, uh, I don't think he was better. I think Tua, at the right moments, made the plays necessary. Uh, that interception he threw was ugly. There's no doubt about it. But... If you think about it, the Patriots on three separate drives, or on three separate occasions, I should say, had 14 play drives, long, lengthy drives of 14 plays, and all three of those amounted to just a field goal. And if it wasn't for that terrible refereeing decision to throw the flag on a Landon Roberts when he goes low-ish, I guess I should say, on Mac Jones, and then it was a third down play, now it's an automatic first down because it's a roughing the passer going into the legs, quote unquote, I say, right? Air quotes on legs of Mac Jones. On the on the following play, he throws a touchdown. And I mean, you could make the argument that that play also would have ended 
in a field goal. So Mac Jones, uh, that one single touchdown drive, everything else, couldn't get it done in the red zone against this Dolphins defense. Credit to them as well. How much time did the Dolphins defense spend out in the field? Uh, So they deserve credit for keeping the Patriots uh, from truthfully doing what they do best, which is execute in the red zone or what they've done best in the past. Obviously, it's a little easy with Tom Brady, uh, but I thought Tua looked good. Um, he had the explosive play going, right, which is something that I want to see as a Dolphins fan. How long have you been missing that that aspect of the passing game? Tua being able to find Jalen Waddle going long. Tua being able to hit Devontae Parker for whatever it was, 23 yards. At one point, Tua has a perfect pass thrown to Albert Wilson in the end zone. Great defensive play by the Patriots defensive back. I thought Albert Wilson could have come back to the ball, right? That's a situation where the defender might hit you and uh, and and it might be a pass interference. At the very least, you're fighting for the ball. But another pass that looked like it had that explosive playability, it could have led to a Dolphins touchdown. I really thought Tua played well. Could he be better? Obviously, right? He didn't look like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but I thought he did well. I thought uh, he gave the Dolphins a chance to win. Obviously, the first two drives... Or the first drive of the game for the Miami Dolphins on offense. And then the first drive coming out of the half for the Miami Dolphins were the two best drives. So you want to see them be able to adjust to the defense uh, throughout the game, throughout the first half and throughout the second half. Uh, But it shows me that they're prepared, right? They're coming out and they're prepared. And by the way, talk about prepared. Jalen Waddell proved just in that first game he is going to be a legitimate problem in the NFL. There are a number of guys that people want to pinpoint and and you know discuss Chris Greer's drafting record, uh, Noah Igbenogany being one of them. Yeah, the lack of play there is is certainly weird, but um yeah, Jalen Waddle's not going to be one of those guys. You can already tell. Uh the way that he catches that ball, breaks a tackle, gets into the end zone, like he plays bigger than he actually is. Um and it was cool, right? Because Devontae Smith Last Sunday, first reception, like a 17-yard touchdown pass for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I don't want to do this thing where we're comparing Jalen Waddle to Devontae Smith for the rest of his career, but I kind of did that thing the other day on uh, last Sunday. Week one, Devontae's first reception is a touchdown. You wanted to at least see Jalen Waddle get in uh, to some of the action, and it, it, it far exceeded my expectations of what the rookie would show us, the, the sixth-round pick would show us. In that first game, which was he was extremely active. Tua was able to find him the ball, and he looked like he belonged. And yeah, he's going to be a problem for the rest of the NFL for a long time. Um, let's get to a clip here from the Hawkman and Crowder show earlier this week here on 560 WQAM. It's where you can hear me 2 to 6 p.m. weekdays along with Mark Hawkman and former Dolphins linebacker Channing Crowder. You'll hear him on the Miami Dolphins pregame show that's coming up here in just about 45 minutes. I was talking about the Tua-Mac Jones matchup. Um, again, thought Tua played really well, but Hockman and Crowder, they discussed the matchup as well earlier this week. There are people really picking apart Tua's performance. and Silly. Man, I'm I'm down. They started 1-0, a road victory over the New England Patriots. 
You're not getting me to find the uh, – listen, you can look and go, hey, this needs improvement, that needs improvement, that's fine. But you're not going to get me to pick apart a victory in New England to start the season. No, that's, sir. That's crazy. And then did uh, – are people saying that Mac is better than Tua? Oh, my God. Are you seeing that all over social media, Solana? All, all over. over social media. That's goofy. Right? That's goofy. Mac made a couple good throws. He did that seam down the middle when Jason McCourty hit the guy in the back and he couldn't get the ball out. He made some good throws. The pick routes and the little check downs, like, no. Tua's performance, Tua had four drops. Jalen Waddle on that out to Jalen yeah. Waddle that he dropped on third and 12 or something yeah. from the right hash to the left sideline on a damn rope, a dime. Jalen Waddle dropped. That was a beautiful throw. That was Aaron Rodgers. That was the best. That was Breeze at his prime. Like, don't, don't, don't tell. If you if you think Mac Jones was a better quarterback on that field because it's 203 versus 281, don't talk to me about football anymore. Cause that's 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 silly. Mac Jones looked fine for a rookie. No cry. Like, if you're a New England fan, you're going, okay, we might have a guy here. There's no question. He looked composed back there. Mm-hmm. He was finding open receivers. He had plenty of protection. And he found the open receivers. But Tua, by the same token, Tua was finding open receivers. Tua, there was a thread I read today. I have to read this. This is from Pro Football Network. That's where Adam Beasley is now, right? PFN? Yes. Um, Matt Kanata. Do you know him, Solana? Matthew Kanata, yes. Yeah. So he, uh, I mean, it says Matt Kanata on his, on his like, I, I, you're correcting me that it's Matthew Kanata, but it, it only says Matt. Why you like to it add letters says, and words? Do you know him? Yeah, Matthew. <laughs> he doesn't know that. No, but why do, you know, why do you know him? That it has to be Matthew, not Matt. He has himself listed as Matt Kanata. No, but he used to go by Matthew. <laughs> what, back when y'all were at camp together? <laughs> why did you feel the need to do that? The same way he elongates yeah. his, his reports. Listen to this from, uh, from Next Gen Stats. Tua was the fourth most aggressive quarterback in week one, pending tonight's matchup. 20... Mm-hmm. Oh, 305. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 305. Dolly. 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 25.9% aggressiveness per score, according to next-gen stats. Per next-gen stats, aggressiveness tracks the amount of passing attempts a quarterback makes that are into tight coverage where there is a defender within one yard or less of the wide receiver at the time of the completion or the incompletion. AGG is shown, aggressiveness, is shown as a percentage of attempts into tight windows over all passing attempts. Devontae Parker had an average of 2.1 yards of separation, which ranked toward the bottom of wide receivers. Jalen Waddell had a 3.6 yards of separation, which was middle of the pack. Separation equals distance in yards measured between a wide receiver or tight end and the nearest defender at the time of the catch or the incompletion. We know last year that the Dolphins struggled mightily with separation. Are we seeing the same again this year, or did Belichick put together a good plan to limit free runners? DVP has never been one for separation, Devontae Parker, so it's on Waddle, Wilson, and Will Fuller. It's one week, so the sample size is extremely small, but this is something to monitor as we move forward. If the wide receivers aren't going to be able to get separate enough, then two is going to have to rely on throws in tight windows and jump balls, which can change 
perception. And then this Matt Kanata or Matthew, if you know him. I am really excited to see what dimension Will Fuller brings to this offense. I think it's going to be good because yeah. you would guess that he's going to be able to create some significant separation. But that shows you, too, like if you're comparing Tua to what you saw, Tua's throwing into tighter windows, tighter coverage makes it more difficult, and it might deceive you. Mm-hmm. It might make you think that he's throwing errant balls when the truth is the receiver's not getting the separation that other quarterbacks are getting from their receivers. And Tua's trusting his dude. Yep. Like that, that, and that Tua's trusting his arm and his accuracy, which, by the way, at Alabama was unparalleled. The back shoulder on about – it was the left numbers to Waddle when he jumped up and snatched it out the cornerback's hands. Beautiful throw. All pro throw. He just made it happen. One-on-one, let him go get it. Devontae, the same thing. This whole breakdown, nobody, no, no strangers call a guy Matt and his friends call him Matthew. That's the opposite way, Solano. Always to- the opposite. Totally the opposite Always way. Always the opposite. Anyway, what y'all praised Fitzy for last year, now you're going to question Tua for? If a guy is one-on-one, let him make something happen. We joked about Devontae Adams, all the top receivers, Mike Evans and Antonio Brown, the guys you want to bring up. That's what good quarterbacks do. Find a mismatch. And that's what Tua did. He found mismatches that he liked and took advantage of them. Every time he threw at Devontae, you saw man coverage. You saw press. Devontae's big as hell. And when he's healthy, you cannot stop him from going up there and get the ball over your six, you know, five foot ten, five foot eleven cornerback when he's six three. Like that's what quarterbacks do. This is crazy. I'm almost amazed that I'm justifying this game to people with Tua's performance. It's it's a weird narrative that's out there, which is the Tua haters. There's nothing he can apparently do including a win over New England in New England. There's nothing he can do that's going to make them say he's a good quarterback. He's on the rise. And I liked what I saw. I really did. I liked yeah. what I saw. He looks very composed back there to me. I, I just I, – I wish he was a captain. Do, don't do that. Why are you going to bring that up? Do, is, is passing yards all people want to see? Like um, three eighty five. I do. I do think people want to see gaudy passing yards and no interceptions. I do think people love to see that. Three hundred and fifty yards passing, one TD, no interceptions. Two TDs, no interceptions. So yeah, you throw an interception in there, get to just about two hundred yards. Yeah, people are going to go. That's not a star quarterback. And and listen, I'm not telling you he's a star quarterback in the league no. after one game of this season, but I am telling you he's undefeated. Mac Jones has one loss in his career. Do do what what will I say that two is better than Rodgers or Mahomes <laughs> or even and Rodgers I would, I would got his ass whooped yet. Aaron Rodgers looked right terrible, now. terrible, terrible yesterday, but he's still better than two at Tagovailoa. Yep. Yep. But one sample size of one game of football, what I saw him do in New England, the decisions he made, the decisions he didn't make when he was just throwing it out of bounds or he scrambled a little bit and just chuck it at somebody's feet. That's what good quarterbacks – Brady threw the ball at people's feet for 20 years. But if you watch that – my point is, if you watch that game yesterday and you honestly are saying today over and over again, Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Tua, you're out of your bleeping mind. You're drunk. Because he didn't have that much of a better game if he even had a better game. If you think Mac Jones had a better game, it is so slight and marginal. Like, you've seen two quarterbacks go at each other, and then all of a sudden, one had a better game. Yeah. It's obvious one had a better game. Bryce Young 
a couple weeks ago Bingo. against Derek King. I mean, there was no questioning. That dude had a better game, and I could say definitively, Bryce Young's a better quarterback. Bingo. If you thought that <laughs> from Mac Jones and Tua yesterday, then you just have created a narrative in your head, and you're sticking with it no matter what you see. And I'll tell you this, uh, Mac Jones is going to be good. No like, doubt. I watching good, him. I was like physically big. Yeah, I was like, ooh, we might have something here in the AFC East because we talk about who's going to compete with Josh Allen, and I don't think it's going to be Zach Wilson. I'm just I'm, I'm gonna go out on the limb and say that. But Mac Jones and Tua, watching them go and watching them lead their offenses, I was like, okay, let's see, let's see what happens. And the Bills got beaten in one o'clock window, so now in the four twenty-five, like I'm excited about it. But to just to to look at that game. If you're looking at the numbers and say 281 to 203, one, two, two touchdowns, one interception to one touchdown, zero interceptions. If you just look at the numbers, it still can't flat out say Mac Jones is better. But if that's what you're going off of and not watching the football game, that's the person I really don't want to talk to about right. football. Right. Channing Crowder there, former Miami Dolphins linebacker, very straight to the point. He thinks there's no way if you watch that game on Sunday in Foxborough that um, you could say Tua Tungabailoa was the lesser quarterback. No way that Mac Jones was the superior quarterback in that matchup. And I agree. I don't think Mac Jones was. Um, hopefully Tua Tungabailoa will be the superior quarterback here today at Hard Rock Stadium versus Josh Allen. That would be something, right? That would certainly be something. I know the big story this week was Will Fuller. Because all week long, Will Fuller set to play. He's talking about how excited he is to to finally suit up suit up with his teammates. And um, now he's not playing today for the Miami Dolphins. We're gonna hear everything Brian Flores had to say in his Friday press conference. That's coming up next here on the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show. Plus, Kim Bo Camper he joined the Joe Rose Show as well. Kind of talked about the offensive line. Talked about Tua. And, uh, and you know, this matchup versus Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. It is Dolphins-Bills today here on WQAM. Again, kickoff starting at 1 p.m. The pregame show begins in just under an hour here on WQAM after the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show. Let's get back to Dolphins Rewind on the Joe. Brought to you by Lexus, who encourages you to experience amazing. play you some sound here from Brian Flores from Friday's press conference regarding Wolf Fuller because he can't lie. I mean, Wolf Fuller, we're all excited to uh, to kind of get to see what he's going to add to this offense. And then again, because of uh, some personal reasons, Wolf Fuller will not be playing today in the Dolphins home opener versus the Buffalo Bills. This is the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show. I'm Solana. Coming up in uh, in less than an hour, it's the Miami Dolphins pregame show. Channing Crowder, Kevin Rogers. You'll have a good show coming up here with those guys as uh, we get ready for Dolphins at Bills. I talked about it in the first segment, but man, really, really important game today. I know it's week two. I know the Dolphins um, don't need this. This isn't a must-win game, as some, <laughs> some people would say, but it matters, right? I mean, how huge would it be for Tua Tungavailoa to start off 2-0 and to really just have a game that, um, that you could circle to and say, yeah, that's, that's a, a big key win for the young quarterback. I was listening to the Locked On Fins podcast with Kyle Krabs, and he was 
kind of ranting about how he's sick of Buffalo and how just one year ago, Buffalo was who the Miami Dolphins are considered right now across the league, which was this team that people were just saying, yeah, prove it, right? Go ahead, prove it. And what better game? And this is kind of what Kyle Krabs was saying, right? What better game for the Dolphins to go out there and take what's theirs and and prove to people who continue to doubt this team nationally because there's no doubt there's that narrative surrounding Tua that, um, you know, he's not as good as Herbert and he's not as good as Allen. And and what better game than for Tua Tagovailoa and this team, this team from from top to bottom, to go out and show that they belong at home? You push the Bills to zero and two on the season, a division loss, and you yourself go to atop the division. You stay at the atop the division, but you're two and zero against two division opponents. I mean, it would be a huge win for the Miami Dolphins. Certainly, the way you want to start the season. There's absolutely no doubt about it. The way you don't want to start the season is without Will Fuller, and it appears that's going to be the case today for the Dolphins. Brian Flores talked about it with the media on Friday, and uh, this is basically everything he said and all the questions he got about Will Fuller. Uh, Will will not practice today, um, and he he will not play on Sunday. He's dealing with a uh, personal issue. I've had multiple conversations with him um, last couple of days. He's, he's definitely dealing with a personal issue. Um, I respect his privacy. I, I mean, I ask that you know everyone respects his privacy. Um, we support Will, and uh, we'll take it one day at a time. Do you have the sense that this could stretch on multiple weeks without obviously? We we'll take it one day at a time. How does this impact the, um, the Dolphins' offense? Uh, I mean, they didn't play last week. You know, we we'll just next guy will you know step in and. Uh, get reps, which we got yesterday, and we'll get some more today. And Are you confident that he'll return to the team this season? One day at a time. Yes, so much as you can reveal, this come as a surprise, you know, whatever the situation he is, he's dealing with. Look, things arise in, in, in our lives. I mean, that's, that's kind of what he's dealing with right now. And he has our support. He has my support. Um, and is it a surprise? You know, things happen when, when they happen, and you know they're they're not part of the normal, your normal every day. Yeah, it's a surprise from that standpoint. But you know, you kind of deal with it, and he's dealing with it, and we'll support him, and um, we'll just you know make our our adjustments as a team, and play without him, and um, and move forward. So that's Brian Flores there on Friday, his press conference with the media, basically everything. Will Fuller related. It's a shame. You know, I heard some comments from Will Fuller on Wednesday, how committed he was to this team. He seemed ready, right? Like he seemed locked in. He seemed ready to really make an impact. I kind of talked about the explosive playability from Tua Tungavailoa in last Sunday's game versus New England. Imagine you you had Will Fuller, right? Everybody wanted to see what was going to happen with this offense when you add that that guy who can make plays, who can really create different options for this wide receiving group and for this quarterback. And, um, you know, it's not going to happen. Hopefully everything's okay with Will Fuller. Uh, But you heard Brian Flores there. I think what's important to take from that media availability is he wouldn't say if Will Fuller will be back at some point this season. Kind of kept it to his coach speak answer, which is, you know, we'll take it day by day. And, uh, you know, raises some eyebrows. Certainly something to keep an eye on. Always fun to keep an eye on Kimbo Camper. Whenever he comes around the Joe Rose show, something we have to play because nothing better, right, than Kimbo Camper, Joe Rose, two former Miami Dolphins, talking some Dolphins, talking some Finns, 
And that's where you got on the Joe Rose Show earlier this week with Kimbo Kemper. We got all kinds of stuff to talk about. I just wanted to get your take. Um, first yeah. of all, I know I, I just brought it up. Noah Igbenogany, um, not active in year two yeah. as a first-round pick. Bother you at all? Concerned? Yeah. What's your take? Yeah, it, it bothers me a little bit. It, it bothers me a little bit because, because Joe, we have, you know, you look at, at, at Noah and, you know, kind of give him a, give him a pass the first year and, and then wait and see, and then you just start seeing that improvement. And, and it's funny because I saw him when we are in, we're in uh, Cincinnati, I think it was, when, and he got hurt and walked out. And he was walking by me coming back in my street clothes. I'm like, my gosh, he's a big – a big guy for a yeah. cornerback. It almost looks like he's got a more of a safety bottle than a body than a cornerback. But you know that being said, whatever it is, he, he's he's missing something with his game because uh, you know not have a you know not, not have a first round draft pick you know active you know this early in his career is, is certainly telling. Um, but then look, you look at you look at um, you know this year. I mean, you, you got your uh, Jalen Phillips struggling to get in there and get get the reps that you think he should be getting at, you know at, at this point so I, I don't know these, these some some of these you know these these later, later draft picks you get in the first round that you that you hope you come out with a gem uh haven't worked out so well it seems like in the last couple of years no we gotta we gotta have them too man that's why this yep. thing was built the last two years I, I want to get yeah, into man. speaking of two other young guys I thought Eichenberg overall was pretty good, Bo. I love the way he was sliding. They were showing, yeah. you know, his, his technique. Austin Jackson's back to being a starter. So, you think Eichenberg's going to be a starter at some point this year? I, I, I do. I do. I, I look at him and, and look. I thought he played. I thought he played well. I know everyone looked and he got ran over in that one play. But if you look at it, he yeah, actually tripped. got tripped up yeah. by his, by the guard inside. So it wasn't as bad as it looked. And I thought he played pretty well. You know, there was one point where Coach Coach Flores was on the side, kind of giving him, you know, give, giving him a little something to think about. And, and I think, you know, to me, when you got a coach doing that with a guy like that, it, 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 it's important for them. You know, it, it tells me that it's important to the coach to get that guy ready and to put a little pressure on him. So I, I do think he's going to be. And, and I, I, I think that eventually, what, what's going to happen with this offensive line? It's going to be it's going to be Jackson on one side, it'll be Eichenberg on the other side, and then the cast of characters that that were that they're playing in the middle exactly where they're at right now. I, I just I think Jesse Davis. I think he's still got some dealing with a little lingering injury, and, and 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 for me, if Eichenberg can be the guy, I like the idea of having a guy like Jesse Davis, who can play virtually every position on that offensive line, albeit probably not center. Uh, to be that to be that swing guy, but you know we'll we'll see. But I, I liked what I saw to Eichenberg. I, I like his body. He's a he's a he's a you know he's, a, he's got a tackles body, and so that's why I didn't really understand him being down in that guard spot. I just go you know it's just, guy guy doesn't have a guard body, you know. Uh, but they gave it a try, and, and I think things are going to shake themselves out. But certainly he's in play. He's in play for a starting job. I think as he moves forward, if he continues to do what he's been doing. Hey, um, so I want to ask you about Tua. Um, yeah. Kind of mixed. One, one, and one. Touchdown pass, touchdown run. And, of course, yeah. the interception uh, that late in the game could have cost him. But the defense, of course, gets the, the uh, big takeaway. What What are your thoughts overall on his first game and where he is? They're probably like everybody else. I, I didn't I, I didn't come away with it saying, hey, we found our guy. You know, you, you, you saw some good things, certainly those two drives, the, the doping drive and and the drive coming out of the half, um, you know, those, those things, those worked pretty well. But then after that, it was kind of a, a mixed bag. I mean, look, there were some, 
there were, there were some balls that were dropped by the receivers that, that certainly would have made uh, Tua look a little better. Uh, but then there were those balls, a couple balls that he threw, you know, the, the one that he threw for the pin, that, that's just, you, you just, look, at the high school level, you can't do that. You, 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 you know that if you're a quarterback. You can't, you're, in, you're under duress. You know, you're in a situation where you're, you're, you've got to lead in the game. And you're going down, you know, either throw the ball away or, or go down. Don't don't just, you know, haphazardly fling it across the field and, and get the big turnover. And then and then earlier in the game he threw one kind of across the across the field and I think it was almost picked off. So um yeah, he's he's gotta get better at that and and uh, and, and Joe, I think some of his decision making has gotta be a little bit better. Yep. But uh you know, I, I didn't see I didn't see enough to say, wow, I don't know that he can play in this league, but I also didn't see that get that you know that 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 feeling walking out that hey man, we really found our guy now, and this guy can you know this guy can light it up. I, I think he can manage the game. I think he's you know he's good in the he's good in the huddle. He does all those all the things. He's a hardworking guy, but now he's got to he's got to get his production on the field to the level that. Uh, that everyone expects him to be at. Yeah, and by the way, probably going to need a lot more points than he scored last week with this Buffalo no, no, team. No doubt. And I want to ask you about this Buffalo team because Josh Allen has won five straight uh, against the Dolphins, and he is putting yep. up stupid numbers. Bo, they they just kind of white put everybody out there, uh, go four wide and go covers, and we're going to pass protect for our guy. And, oh, by the way, if you do get a little pressure, he can take off and run for almost 10 yep. yards a uh, a carry against his 9.7 average. Uh, Bo, how do you go about him as a former defense alignment? Yeah. How do you go go after a big, strong guy who can run and throw it 200 miles? Well, it's 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 hard. It's hard to do um, because of his his talent. Look, he had he threw the ball 51 times last week. Uh, he had 44 yards rushing. Um, you know, they only they only ran the ball I think 25 times in that game. So you know what they want to do. They're, they want to throw the ball downfield to those receivers. And, and so, so, and so having a guy, first of all, having a guy back there that's as mobile as he is makes it tough, but having a guy that's back there as mobile, he is, that's as big as he is. Now, you know, those, those, you know, those, you know, those sacks that you may get by tripping a guy up or, or just getting the hand on him and pull him down by his Jersey, not going to happen with this guy, but you know, it, to me, it makes it really, really difficult on, <clears throat> on linebackers because, you know, especially if you're playing zone coverage and you drop into a zone and that, that quarterback is, is looking, 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 not throwing, all of a sudden he starts to approach the, the, the line of scrimmage. Now you got to make a decision. Do you stay in your zone or do you go to, or, or do you attack the line of scrimmage and try to try to stop the run? And then if you do that, and if you do it too soon, he just little drops the ball over the top. So, you know, that, that it's to me, that's the most difficult quarterback to play against. You know, Tom Brady being back there, look, I'm not saying that it's easy to play against him, but you know where he's going to be. He's not yeah. going anywhere. Matt Ryan's not going anywhere. You, you know where they are. But a guy like this, you've got to think about your rush lanes. You've got to think about contain. You've got to think about backside contain on play action if he pulls it out and runs a naked bootleg, which right. we've seen yes. this team struggle with for years where the guy pulls the ball out, stands there, and he just pats the ball I remember watching Philadelphia, and they had a, a tight end that was about 40 years old. They had the quarterback standing patting the ball for about five seconds while this old guy could get across the field for a completion. So, you know, that, that you know, if you can't if you can't contain the backside, they have that problem too. So, he, he just he just you know he just um, presents a lot of problems. But 
I give you this. You watch him. Well, he runs with that ball hanging out there. You know, he's, he's one of those guys that gets, you know, when he gets going, he's got that ball hanging out there with one hand. They have four, I think they lost four, four fumbles or had four turnovers last week that, that, that hurt him against uh, Pittsburgh. So <clears throat> the big question is, is, is he and this team going to come in feeling like, you know, feeling beat down a little bit, or are they going to come back and say, hey, you know what, that's not us. We're going to come out and throw. But, you know, <laughs> if he's a little hot, Oh, he's a little steamy. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't be yeah, bad. Wouldn't man. be bad if we got a little sure. twelve thirty, a little twelve thirty rain, and then let the uh, <laughs> let the sun come out on Sunday uh, on Sunday afternoon. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset about that. No, no, me neither. That's Kim Camper there with Joe Rose. You can listen to Joe Rose Zach Krantz, six to ten a.m. weekdays right here five sixty WQAM. Coming up, another segment of the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show, and then following that, Kevin Rogers, Channing Crowder the Miami Dolphins pregame show here on 560 WQAM. Coming up on the other side, we'll kind of preview this game a little more with Eric Wood, former offensive lineman for the Buffalo Bills. He was on with Hawkman and Crowder earlier this week. Plus, the best sound I heard from Dolphins practice all week. I'll play that for you coming up next here on the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show. Welcome back to Dolphins Rewind on the Joe. Brought to you by Lexus. Experience amazing. Promise you the best sound I heard from the Miami Dolphins practice all week long comes from Tua Tagovailoa. Dan Marino, Dolphins legend, number 13, numero 13. He uh, he turned 60 years old earlier this week. And uh, what better way to celebrate that than with a Tua Tagovailoa quote. What's your the best advice he's given you about being a quarterback and, and trying to lead this team, or just a general theme that he always stresses with you? Pick a guy and let it fly. <laughs> pick a guy and let it fly, bro. Tua, pick a guy and let it damn fly today. Let's do it. I like that advice from number thirteen. That's the best sound I heard all week here in Miami ahead of Dolphins Bills. It's coming up shortly here. You're going to have Kevin Rogers, Channing Crowder tell you every week. But it's a 1 p.m. kickoff, so the Dolphins pregame show is going to begin immediately following the Miami Dolphins rewind show. Let's get to Eric Wood here. Formerly played for the Buffalo Bills offensive lineman. Now he's part of the Buffalo Bills radio broadcast. If you listen to this show, I played him a couple times last year. Friends. Uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, always told good good Fitzy stories, uh, but no more Fitzy to talk about. Just Tua, this Dolphins O line, and this Dolphins defense. Here's a preview of today's game with Hawk Crowder and Eric Wood. Eric Wood is with us, former Pro Bowl center and part of the Bills radio broadcast team. The Dolphins start the season one and zero. Bills start zero and one. I think maybe everyone, uh, certainly the media, is shocked by the the starts. Um, you look at the Dolphins game last week, I'm sure, where they beat the Patriots. So what are your thoughts about this Dolphins team heading into Sunday's matchup? You know, they looked a lot like they did last year. I mean, they got a complete team, and, and their defense is excellent. And, and you know, I, it's yet to tell what this Patriots offense will do in 2021, but Mac Jones certainly looks the part so far. And, and you hold them to 16 points and get a 17-16 win in a hard-fought game, and and that's a lot of what we saw from, from Miami in 2020. An excellent defense, um, a lot of playmakers on the offensive side of the football, um, you know, multiple running backs to kind of give you different things in Gaskin and Brown, 
and then tons of weapons at tight end and receiver. Um, you know, what the offensive line looks like, especially getting the Austin Jackson back, so now you're not as strung out at left tackle. Um, you know, this is a this is a tough matchup for, for anybody in the NFL. And, um, you know, I don't want to say I'm surprised that the Bills have won five in a row, but, you know, some of the fashion, like the Week 17 game last year, that, that was surprising to me. And, you know, throughout my career, and, and Crowder, you know this too, sometimes there's teams that, that just don't match up well with you. And, and obviously people in Buffalo are hoping that's the case and it continues to trend moving forward. But this is a Miami team with a ton of talent, a ton of young talent, really promising future for the organization. Yeah, and Eric, one thing, like we, we're talking, and I don't know if we're homers down here, but there was no love for the Dolphins. Right now, the Bills are winning the division. The Patriots are going to be wild card. No love. Then we beat the Patriots. Nothing changes. They still don't believe in Tua. Everybody's questioning Tua. He only had, you know, 200, you know, 200 and some change passing. Did you see anything out of Tua that made you question him or gave you any encouragement about Tua Tagovailoa? You know, I, I like that the offense is more suited to, towards him. And, you know, he's had success every at every level of football, and there's no reason to believe that he can't grow into that. Um, you know, to me, does he look like the upper echelon of quarterback? I, I'd say not yet, but let him grow. And like I mentioned, with these weapons, you know, with the weapons he has on the outside, and I saw it announced that Fuller's not going to play, but you give me – the four receivers of Fuller when he's healthy, Devontae Parker, my Louisville guy, Jalen Waddle, and Preston Williams. I mean, dude, that is a receiving core um, that is going to put a ton of stress on the defense. And then Mike Isecki is essentially another great receiver that you can put out there as well. You know, there, there's not going to be a lot, um, especially early in his career, it seems like if he can just distribute to the open receivers, there's not going to be a ton asked of him. And, and I like that they're starting to do a little bit more RPO, um, stuff, things that he was used to running while he was um, in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I uh, and obviously we all know, uh, as you mentioned, Will Fuller will not participate on Sunday, and, and they were kind of elusive as to whether he's going to join the team this season. It was very, a little strange, uh, but obviously he would add uh, a threat that, that would be even better. But that receiving core is strong, like you say. Um, so you say, give to a time. Can he be, you've been watching and around quarterbacks your entire life, can he be an elite quarterback? Your gut, what does your gut tell you? Will he be an elite quarterback in this league one day? It's so hard to predict. Let me just say that because if you would have said, if you would have asked me about Josh Allen after his rookie year, I'd have said he's got tremendous highlight reel plays, not enough accuracy at this point to be an elite quarterback second year you would have probably said the same thing but those highlight plays are there and then year three you see him put it all together and he's the runner-up for the MVP you know heading into a second season where he's not even the full-time starter it's it's tough to say and you're asking me for a gut reaction I'm on a Miami radio station I'll probably pl- plug my podcast later um, yeah I'll go ahead and say you know he could be an elite quarterback in this league <laughs> What's that podcast again? You just earned yourself a club soda. <laughs> exactly. It's it's what ne- what's next with Eric Wood, and, and at some point I'll be reaching out to get Crowder on there as well. Oh, I'm down, baby. Just give me a call. Hey, man, I you speaking to Josh Allen. I was talking about this week with the Dolphins and the defense versus Josh Allen, bro. The Steelers, T.J. Watt and Ingram gave the O line hell. And thing you did, you were an O lineman, a great O lineman. 
is are the O line of the Bills a liability or is just the Steeler defense? And speaking of Watt and Ingram just being dogs, is that the difference? Is it the X's and O's and not the Jimmys and Joes? You know, I think there's concern on uh, when you look at it from both directions. One, obviously, that Steelers defensive line came to play last week and. You get six holding calls in the game, which are a lot of them are self-inflicted. As an offensive lineman, I'll say, you know, some of those are questionable. You could call holding on almost any play. Um, and when you back yourself up the first and 20, second and super long, you get in those obvious pass rush situations. You guys both know how easy it becomes for a, a talented group to rush the passer. Um, and so when you look at it from that aspect, some of it was self-inflicted last week with mistakes. Um, other times you got to give the Steelers credit, but ultimately – when you give up the amount of pressure that the Bills did last week and knowing the fact that Brian Dayball, the offensive coordinator for the Bills, primarily wants to throw the ball and a lot of their investments have been in the receiver position and obviously at quarterback now with Josh Allen and his uh, mega deal he just signed, you, you want an offensive line that can prove that they can protect. Now, this is a group that returns virtually everybody from the offensive line a year ago that was not a concern. So you're hoping it's a one-off uh, bad game for the offensive line, but you know, heading into this week, the the tests don't get that much easier. And where you know uh, the big names like Melvin Ingram, Cameron Hayward, T.J. Watt, maybe they're not there. Um, the the Miami Dolphins got some great young pass rushers that that are hungry, and those young guys uh, sometimes are, are tougher than even the big name guys because they're going so hard every Sunday. That was Eric Wood there on with Hawkman and Crowder, two to six p.m. weekdays on 560 WQAM, can't overstate it how important of a game this is. It's not a must-win by any stretch of the imagination, but, man, you get to send a message today to the Buffalo Bills, who, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of, let's be real, I'm sick of the stupid Buffalo Bills. What have they ever won? Absolutely nothing. So what? They're in the AFC Championship game last year. So what? Josh Allen looks like... Uh, you know, the best quarterback we've seen since Tom Brady. So what? Josh Allen has dominated the Finns, right? Five straight wins. They've won seven of their last eight. Josh Allen has been a part of all of those. So what? I'm sick of the Buffalo Bills. Let's go win today. Let's take care of business at home to a Tonga Vailoa. I'm jacked up. Can't wait to be uh to be at the stadium. I'll be at Hard Rock watching this game along with Jimmy Cephalo, Joe Rose, and Jason Taylor. Hopefully, next Sunday on the next Miami Dolphins Rewind Show, I will be uh, discussing another win, 8 to 9 a.m. every Sunday here with Solana. Coming up next, Channing Crowder, Kevin Rogers on the Miami Dolphins pregame show here on 560 WQAM. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.